Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you this evening? I'm doing wonderful. Me too. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. And so am I. Episode seven, it ain't all rosé. Now, last episode, um, we ended, we had some things go on, mm-hmm. but we ended with Shanice showing everyone her boobs at the pastel rosé day. That's exactly correct. And so Silas, I will say this is the first time the entire season, episode seven, where I thought Silas was actually a little bit endearing. So, really? Yes. When he comments about, so the episode picks up, like you said, with Shanice having just showed everybody her boobs and then Silas in the confessional saying, oh yeah, I was bobbing and weaving the titties, you know, bobbing and weaving. And I'm like, Okay, that was kind of funny. I don't like you, but that was kind of funny. Yeah, I feel like the reviews of Shanice's stunt are kind of mixed. (laughs) Because you're counting Shanice's perspective on it. I don't think anybody thought it was funny, actually. Yeah, so she, when she talks about the stunt, she just says, I'm not going to apologize for being me. Right. Um, and so she's kind of getting dressed to go down. Meanwhile, Simon leaves the table, brings Bria a plate. Bria's under the covers in her bed. Mm-hmm. And he says, just been the dinner. What are you started. doing? <laughs> Not trying to I'm do Simon. Simon. This is what he said. <laughs> just when the dinner started, she goes out on the porch and shows her titties. <laughs> Okay, I stand corrected. That was, that was way funnier with the accent. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it was so funny. And so Bria, of course, isn't surprised by it. I thought she'd be mad, but she's more just like, ha, take that, everybody else. Right. She's like, oh, so when it was my boyfriend, nobody cared. But now that it's in front of everybody else's husbands, everybody has an opinion now. And I'm like, oh, Bria. Yeah. She said, karma is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So then um, I, I will say it was really sweet that Simon brought her a plate and is like debriefing on all of the things totally and apparently there's like a little flashback where bria and shanice like squash their bee right so she's not at the dinner but i think it's truly because she just wants some downtime yeah so bria comments that she's emotionally drained and then she describes how she had actually talked to shanice they talked it through and that she had sort of forgiven her but during the conversation which i thought was particularly hilarious (laughs) given how she's like i'm not going to apologize for being me shanice apologizes it's Bria. Yeah. yeah. And that's amazingly an apology actually settled everything. Right. Shocking. But I do think it's pretty clear like throughout the episode, throughout the series that Bria and Shanice are actual friends. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think Bria was very willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. She just needed to process. And part of her processing is like venting and talking shit and all the other stuff. Right. Um, so when Shanice gets to the table, uh, Preston stands up and applauds her, which I thought was really cute of him. I think he's trying to make her feel less awkward about like this, how it was kind of a weird start. 
I think so too. Like the clapping. And then I think it was actually Alex who also commented, oh, congrats on coming down fully clothed. Right. It might have been Preston though. You, you might be right. Um, People are sort of like, so what was that about? She's like, oh, I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny. What? It was funny, right? I just, I wanted it to be funny. And nobody's laughing. Oh my gosh. I'm seeing, there is a pattern in this episode of people saying they're being funny. And it's like, it's, you're not, you're maybe not, what, what, how can I say this? You don't have it. Like you, mm. you aren't a comedian and the things you're doing are going over badly because you're not funny. Right. Which I don't know. There's, we can get into some of this stuff that um, Alex says that like contextualizes some of it. But yeah, ultimately it's sort of that. What, what's that? Is it like it has to be true or funny? No. Oh, I'm thinking of the Dahmer Dobbler effect, actually. Oh my gosh. Okay. What? So have you heard of the Dahmer Dobbler effect? No. So we know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, the mm -hmm. serial killer. Are you talking about Lloyd Dobbler? Yes. From Say Anything? Exactly. So if you think about the things that Lloyd Dobbler did in Say Anything, oh. depending on how you feel about the person, they can either be very romantic or very creepy. Oh my God. I love Lloyd Dobler. Right. I feel like he's respectful to Diane throughout the movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, stalkers can also seem respectful from a distance. What did he do with the stalker? He shows up one day with a boom box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'll never, ever get me to say anything <laughs> bad about Lloyd Dobler, especially when it's being pub public. Yeah. Never. never will I ever. In fact, when we were, um, when I was partying with my daughter, we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. We kicked around the name Lloyd. Oh. Yes, after Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> <laughs> so let's back right off of it, right? I saw what I needed to see and I'm done. I'm out. But right, I do agree you. there are so many romantic comedies where it's like, it's crazy, especially in the 80s and 90s, where a woman's just repeatedly saying no, and a guy is like, okay, bigger gesture, bigger gesture. And then she's like, mm, secretly, I think this is cool, but I'm going to keep saying no. Yeah. And then he gets his way, and it's like, this is terrible. This has, like, actually ruined our culture. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that on so many levels. It's just... <sighs> it sucks, but it's also something that is baked into a lot of, I think society right this implication that like women are supposed to be swoon over things that and if they that if they say no that's like not the end of the conversation exactly that's just uh oh okay i see your argument but here's a counter argument uh yeah so i do feel like romantic comedies don't do that as much anymore thankfully as, yeah there was an era where it was really weird yeah well I feel like that's a perfect segue. Weird, because uh -huh. <laughs> what happens next when everybody's at the table is Jasmine takes it upon herself to orchestrate drama. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So they're all kind of talking, and Jasmine asks Shanice if she's talked to Alex yet, and Shanice says she's going to do it later. But then... Um, Shanice is talking about how like she feels like people judge her or something and then Jasmine says really loudly like you know with Alex and the whole googling situation I do wish Alex would just call me and asked mm -hmm. and Jordan tries to shut it down yeah it was 
actually wild because to me in real time, Alex hears his name and is confused, rightfully so, like what's going on, what's happening. And then in response, Jordan and Alex get into it, right? Jordan is not letting up on saying, these are the reasons why what you did was wrong. I'm talking. Why are you talking when I'm talking? Like, I need to finish what I need to say. And he's just sitting there sort of confused. I don't have the quotes. Do you have the quotes? Yeah, okay. I knew I you'd have, have the, the quotes. quotes. So first Jordan kind of cuts in and she's like, they haven't had a chance to have a conversation. I don't think we should do that here. No one pays attention. Alex is like, wait, what did I do? I'm not the only one who's seen it. Like regarding mm. like the stuff about Shanice on Google, about how supposedly she stalked her ex-boyfriend. And Shanice is like, but you brought it up. Basically, she just wants the situation to be in the past. And I feel like everyone agrees like, yeah, we don't need to be bringing up her past. Yeah. Then it seems like they're kind of getting to consensus. Like, yeah, we should just let things go. And then Alex is like, I'm calling bullshit on this conversation. Mm -hmm. I think this is where Jordan gets a little pissed. Um, I mean, he feels like he's being blamed for something, but he didn't really do anything. And like, they're basically like, you brought it up on camera. But he's not even, I just feel like if he would just take responsibility, what they're saying is like, you shouldn't have talked about it with other people you should have just gone to Shanice yeah and I think what Alex is saying is I wasn't the one that just brought it up randomly it was a conversation between me and like four other people in the house we were all talking about it and we weren't talking about it in a way that was judging Shanice we were actually talking about it in a way that would have given her the opportunity to say her piece to tell her side of it but that's not how it came off right the conversation was like framed because it was also even in Alex's confessional initially when this whole thing came out is he said oh yeah you know personal space I heard about you and yeah I mean he did bring it up in a weird kind of way to her yeah he was being judgmental and I feel like if he would just own that and be like yeah I should have gone about it differently even if it's not all 100% his fault Mm. it's like it would be so easy to settle this if he would like find one thing he could have done better and be like I'm sorry I didn't do that one thing better right but instead Alex is what did I do wrong like everybody was talking because I was part of a conversation you guys are trying to and he you know uses the word scapegoat right he feels like he's being the scapegoat for this entire situation and I think I sort of felt for Alex because I, I can't imagine that nobody else in that house knew about what happened with Shanice and was just completely confused by the presence or the existence of like an article that could be Googled. I think that they were, and it's clear that everybody knew about it. And I think for him, yeah, we're just having a conversation, but for them, you shouldn't be having that conversation. You shouldn't have had it on camera. If you were going to bring it up, it should have only come up after Shanice said her piece. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, I think, where Jordan gets the most pissed because she feels like nobody is focused on Shanice in this situation. Yeah. But she's basically like, it's all been about you and how you feel about what you heard about Shanice. And you're not thinking about her feelings and you're talking about her. I mean, I do feel like the way that he talks about Shanice is like he's not treating her like an equal to him. Mm-hmm. He's treating her like someone who it's like, oh, you're kind of bad news and I don't want to bother with women like that. 
Yeah, I will say, and I actually wrote down in my comments, which again, I love when I see my own blind spots. <laughs> Sometimes in real time on the, on the pod. <laughs> um, so the, the I wrote down editors came through. Alex is not the villain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Alex, you're really making me mad. Right. And I just, I think that it was, to me, the way that I received it and looking back on it and thinking about it more critically, I think that you're right, that Alex just did things wrong. But I think in the moment, I was very willing to sort of be on his side because it felt like he was being ganged up on and that the entire argument was orchestrated, right? Because there came a point during that table conversation where Jordan is like, well, why are you keep bringing it up? Why are you bringing it? Why are we talking about it right now? And it's like, he wasn't trying yeah, to like talk Jordan, about it. Jordan, you know, Jasmine tried to bring it up. Right. You were there when she mentioned it, right? Like, I, I'm confused. But then, I don't know. Jordan's a real one. She's always going to cape for Jasmine yeah. in public. So maybe that's part of it. I Okay, here's my theory. We just, in the last episode, Alex told Jordan she's thick and she felt kind of like weirdly objectified. And then he was like, well, Amir already called dibs on you. And that's why I didn't get to have a chance to know you, which mm-hmm. is like another weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he couldn't just get to know her as a person because like another man. There's something about the way that he regards women that like, just really rubs me the wrong way mm. and I think she feels disrespected by him and I think she's trying to say the way you talk or talking about Shanice is disrespectful yeah but like it's hard to pinpoint that and she's not doing a good job I think it's safe to say she had too much rosé early on in the day probably <laughs> yeah I just I think that she doesn't articulate herself well mm-hmm. in the moment and it's hard it was hard for me right I'll say to piece together exactly what was going on. And I think it was easier for me to see Alex sort of being scapegoated, Mm -hmm. even though I felt like Jasmine was the root of a lot of the drama, but taking a bird's eye view about it, although the timing wasn't correct, right? I think everybody can agree with that. Jasmine wasn't actually the root of it. It was an issue with Alex talking about things that he shouldn't have been talking about and then not giving Shanice the respect to have a private conversation with her or to even let her say her piece. Yeah. Right. So uh, ultimately as this situation is going on, Alex removes himself from the table. Right. Yeah. He says he just can't take it. He leaves. Um, Oh wait, but before that, I just want to go, there was like a cute little editing cut. So they cut to like other people about whether they Googled people. Oh, Summer says, I found out that Alex Googled everyone before he came to the house. And I don't like that at all. And they're like, did you Google people? She's like, no, I just checked them on Instagram. Right. And then meanwhile, Nick is like, of course, I Googled everybody. You don't know what's going on. They could yeah. be crazy people. Says, people are crazy. And then it just cuts to Shanice drinking wine straight out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you noticed that. I didn't pick up on it in real time, but I fully remember it frame by frame as you're yeah. describing it and it was hilarious <laughs> um yeah so alex excuses himself because he doesn't feel safe in this situation and like i do understand anyone being called out on something in front of a group that's just like it's just not gonna be conducive to like a good conversation no. it's gonna make people feel like panicked and embarrassed um i however i don't know he basically like I feel like he could have done some things to just smooth it over and he doesn't do those things. Yeah. And I will say that the way that I 
as a viewer, I saw it as him not fully understanding what he had done wrong and not being willing to apologize if he didn't feel like he was actually in the wrong. So he's like, I need you to articulate to me what I did wrong so that I can apologize. But until you tell me what I did, I don't think I've done anything wrong. And everybody else at the table was like, it was obvious what you did wrong. We're not going to sit like, well, they said you brought it up and he's like, he doesn't feel like he was the first one to bring it up, but he did make a thing about Jack. Like he did bring it up more than anyone else did. That's for sure. I think so. I mean, he had a whole storyline with Shanice about not wanting to be by her because she doesn't, he's like basically heard about her and you know, it's just a little bit weird. But was this in real time or was this like an editing choice? It totally could have been an editing choice. I think that's fair. Right. And I also think that the cut to the conversation with Preston and Bria and Silas, I don't know if Nick was also there, but all of them in the kitchen and where Alex is saying, yeah, I think that this could be a great opportunity for Shanice to like tell her side of it, right? To get her voice out. Like it seems that it was clear that it was intended well Mm -hmm. as far as the aftermath of him bringing it up. But I also like... That's the thing with reality TV. Like we're only given yeah, like little pieces. Yeah, we don't pieces. really know. That's for sure. Yeah. So as Alex leaves the table, Silas comes in to defend Alex. And he says, you know, we're not going to have the narrative that Alex brought this negativity. Yeah. Um, and Preston says it's Shanice's feelings that really matter. I mean, I think that's just another thing. It's like, oh, no, a man, his feelings are hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have to be concerned about Alex's feelings, but it's like no one cares about Shanice's feelings. Yeah, and I think Preston and Jordan both did a really good job of, like, refocusing attention. Like, no, it's her story. It's her, like, reputation. She is the one that everybody should be focused on, not Alex, who was the one that technically wronged her. And I do think in this situation, no one's being more insensitive to her feelings than Jasmine by bringing this up without her consent and making everybody talk about it. It was right. really weird. So weird. And nobody really addressed that piece of it, right? Yeah. I think that Amir tried to, like, remind everybody that it was Jasmine who brought it up, despite the fact that so many people at the table didn't want that to happen mm-hmm. right and then i think jason was talking about how important it was for alex to be present so that he could fully understand like the issues that were going on but for me the entire resolution of this like conflict was blah like i was like yeah. what is even i agree like okay so alex comes back to the table and he still doesn't really get what he did wrong and amir kind of tries to diffuse things and then Preston's like, could this just be a family moment? Like, could we just move on? And Shanice and Alex are both like, okay. But nobody really apologizes or settles anything between them. Yeah, nothing felt resolved yeah. to me. And I also feel like somebody needed to call Jasmine out more explicitly. Yeah, okay. Like, I, hear, I was like wondering <laughs> watching this. Do you think when casting for the show, I feel like whenever anyone gets cast on a re- reality TV show, they probably think they're going to be the normal one. It's a show about me and all my crazy friends. Like, I'm going to be the Kyle on Beverly Hills, or I'm going to be the Bethany on New York. Mm-hmm. Past, past Bethany. Yeah. But, like, I think that when Jasmine was cast, she's like, it'll be me and all my friends are all Playboy bunnies. There's going to be so much fun drama. And then my husband and his friends, and they're like, yeah, sure. Knowing full well that, like, the marriage is, like, so dysfunctional. <laughs> 
but Jasmine's here producing as if it's like I gotta have make the drama happen between the friends and like they've got to have these arguments and it's like she's almost like I gotta make sure there's enough drama meanwhile the drama is like happening in her room with Silas right it's I don't think that you're wrong in that. And I think that we see glimpses of that aspect of Jasmine a little bit later on in the episode. But to me, it felt weird because when she's done those sorts of antics before, I think there's been somebody to call her out and to refocus on just having like a human experience, Mm -hmm. right? Having a real moment instead of this sort of orchestrated piece. And in this instance, I felt like, everyone just sort of let Jasmine off the hook, even though she was the starter of the entire sort of blow up. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, Yeah. So we just kind of move on. Okay. Bria's laying in her bed. Simon comes back when the meal is over and he tells Bria what happened with Shanice and Alex. And Bria says, yeah, I saw that he got up and left. (laughs) Funny. we've only seen her laying in her bed under the covers but you know she's running over to like peek out the window and see what everyone's doing so funny oh my goodness <laughs> i i will say that what i love the most is and this is i think why bria felt like such a star of the series is because she is living her life and she like she is obviously actually real friends with shanice the way that they interact the way that they talk to each other and then her and Simon are clearly in a real relationship because what other time are you going to see this man literally running back upstairs to debrief his girl yes. about what happened? It was like, this is so pure and I love it. It's really cute. Um, okay. Should we take a break? Oh my gosh, we should totally take a break. Okay, perfect. So we're back inside. Everyone's a little tipsy from their all day rosé. Um, Jordan's kind of snuggling with Preston on the couch and saying she like wants to go to sleep on his shoulder. And it's very cute. And then Alex makes a joke about how she and Preston are sleeping together and it doesn't line up with her celibacy thing. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Jordan does not like it. No. She says, you know what, Alex? I don't come for your veganism. I don't come for your soberdom. Um, I guess it was revealed earlier that Alex had a few drinks over the summer, so he hasn't been totally sober. And she says, I didn't have a few dicks over the summer. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. I forgot how hilarious that was. Because she was so <laughs> sincere and genuine. She's absolutely she super mad. While oh yeah, she's she was yeah. livid. And so she goes on, like she came in hot, right? And she starts talking about how she doesn't appreciate being sexualized by every man in this house. She talks a lot about the comments that Alex made where he talked about calling her thick. The editors come in with the receipts of him making comments about, um, oh, you need to grunt more like make more sexual noises when they're playing tennis how he starts to make like a sexual joke about her 
um, when they're bringing pool toys out. And then uh, she says like that she is not okay with it. And she starts to break down. Um, she's sort of in real time having a breakdown and everybody in the house is sort of just sitting there and like listening without interjection while she goes on about how often she is objectified and how she doesn't appreciate it yeah and another thing is at some point he's like I'm just messing with you you know that right like trying to be like we're just joking and she's like I it's not a joke I don't like that my my life is played for a joke and yours isn't mm-hmm. um so she's not having it and again Alex these are not jokes what are you doing yeah and I won't say my perspective because uh. right. <laughs> <laughs> so Amir tries to come in like, I don't think, like, I think he's going to say something like, I don't think I'm objectifying you or something like that. And Jordan's like, I know you don't think because you've done it to me too. I think she's actually really reeling from what Alex said to her about Amir calling dibs. I think it like actually really hurt her feelings. Yeah, I think that you're right. And in that moment, like my heart actually broke for Amir because yeah. you could see him genuinely shocked that she would say that like questioning everything because he sincerely you know probably feels like he's never done anything to make her feel anything other than like uplifted and like appreciated and so he's like hurt by her saying that he has also engaged in like this objectification of her and so rather than sit in it he leaves yeah and he's like really upset he like calls his friend and is like everyone yelled at me <laughs> so cute he had like had little tears yeah but yeah. i will say i think bria said something really insightful during this entire interaction and i actually don't recall if it was i think it was probably during a confessional but so she talks about how Jordan is a very different person than who you might see if you like Google her because she was, you know, a playboy. She was playmate of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about how Jordan as a person is very different from that, but that she is constantly having to fight against that perception that she's this like hypersexual being because she has like posed naked in a magazine. And yeah, she keeps saying things like, I may be posing, but I'm not out here being a sexual person. Like, I think she's trying to make that distinction. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's what she wants everyone to understand. And it's like, she's like, I'm celibate, so you can't, like, make sexual jokes about me. Like, I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I also, I was curious, and for me anyways, Bria's comment sort of tied it all back together. Because the table comment at the rosé all day Mm -hmm. um, event was about how Alex was Googling everybody. And it started to make me think, I'm like, I wonder if there was a part of Jordan that was like, okay, you judge Shanice based on what you saw on Google. Do you know how often people judge me based on what they see if they Google? Like, it's not fair to like not get to know a person just because you've Googled them and you think you know who they are. That is so insightful. And I'm sure she knows that he Googled her and probably saw her nude pics and that maybe that is informing the way he talks to her. Oh, for sure. Right. All of that context is just sort of sandwiched together and it leads to a full scale blow up. Yeah. But to their credit, right, the entire house sort of comes together. Jordan is crying. She's sort of distraught and everyone in the house sort of rallies around her. To me, one of the fun, I thought, and maybe it's like the petty masochist in me, but 
when Alex was trying to apologize and like give her a hug and like Preston basically like didn't let Alex touch her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Alex, you, don't, you God, don't get to do this. <laughs> read a signal. Oh my God. Oh, um, so later in the kitchen, I mean, Amir tries to talk to Jordan sort of like, I've never objectified you. And, He's not saying that in a way like arguing with her. He's just like, that's not the way that I like see you. Mm-hmm. And she's upset that he left the room while she was talking. And he's like, I thought you wanted me to leave. And like, they clearly just like care a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of talk it out and make up and hug. And it's really sweet. Yeah. And there was also this really cute moment with Amir and Alex sort of in the aftermath of Jordan's blow up where he turns to him and he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry about like how you got, you know, the brunt of that. That wasn't my intention. And he was like, yeah, I know. But, you know, and Alex says, what's funny to one is a trigger for another. And I just thought that that was so real because probably because maybe I was (laughs) objectively on Alex's side here because I'm like, I didn't think that those jokes were that big of a deal. Like, being called thick is like a compliment it's like cute but then it's also like you shouldn't be commenting on my body at all nobody asked you for that you don't get to do that that's the thing you say to maybe your girlfriend that's you know true. it's just like it's a little bit weird to say to your friend yeah so everyone's kind of ready for bed yep and then we see jasmine and silas laying in bed and jasmine i shouldn't laugh because it really reflects a level of insecurity that is i think a little sad when you really deconstruct it but so jasmine shares with silas uh that she was jealous of jordan's ability to bring the house together um and she reflects on it as something that she wishes she could have done i wish i could have been the person that brought the house together and i was like this is such a weird take when your best friend had a breakdown. Yeah. And I think by brought the house together, I think she means be the center of attention of everyone in the house. Because mm. I don't think she was really uniting people. Yeah. I think that Jasmine's just kind of trying to like heighten the language a little bit. But like, you know, she says like, it's weird. I feel jealous. Like she knows it's like a weird response. And obviously we all get like jealous and stuff sometimes. I was yeah. surprised she said it on camera. I don't think she's in a great place. I think she's actually on the verge of falling apart. I think that that's true. Um, And I mean, it's a a tough position to be in, especially when everything that we've seen thus far from Jasmine, to me, suggests that she is expected to hold it all together and to be responsible not just for herself, but for her husband, who is a literal adult, Mm -hmm. but whatever. And also be the host and take care of everybody in the house. And I think that that pressure that she's sort of created for herself is getting to her. Yeah. Um, So the next morning, speaking of pressure, Mm -hmm. Silas is mad that there's a spot on his pants. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. So here's the thing. She says they got the spot because she was ironing them. Mm -hmm. And so she, what they're calling a spot, I believe, is a burn mark. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she says, it's okay. I'm just going to use a Tide pen. And I must say, I'm 100% on Jasmine's side. <laughs> but I don't understand how a Tide pen is going to fix a burn mark. We're talking about a chemical change. Right. And so 
I will say that the first time I watched this, I also thought that they were talking about a burn mark. And I'm like, what's a Tide Pin going to do? But then I thought maybe it's that situation where an iron can be dirty. So like if an iron has passed over something, you know, and so there's like residuals on the iron that gets put on the new clothing, you can remove it with a Tide Pin. And so I'm like, I'm going to give Jasmine the benefit of a doubt here that this was not an actual burn that it was <laughs> just dirty but i think that it was very confusing to the average person especially i'm like do people even really iron anymore like i no, not me i haven't ironed in so long and ironically the last time my sister came to town and stayed with me and used my iron it ruined her dress because no. there was, it was dirty or something. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> She's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I have no, I, I, I am shocked that we own an iron. Like I, I oh. genuinely don't know what to tell you, but I love <laughs> okay. you. But I love this theory and I think it really, you're right. It's filling in some holes for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. And that's what I hope. Right. <laughs> so honestly, Silas is not happy. He continues to sort of berate Jasmine about how it didn't need to be ironed. Like, why did you even do it when clearly she did it because she felt like he needed his clothes ironed and that he couldn't physically. He probably do yells it. at her. She doesn't do it. Right. Ugh. And so Jasmine does uh, mention that for her, she feels like she anticipated the sort of Martha's Vineyard trip to be a situation of them having like a romantic summer with their friends, but instead they've been on edge. They haven't been checking in with each other. And so all of the arguments that might be like small potatoes and petty get quote tripled. And I'm again going to give Jasmine the benefit of the doubt, but I think that there's something about the calm nature of the way that she reacts to him that to me suggests I don't know. I can't ever tell if when a wife reacts calmly to her husband freaking out, it's because she's so used to it or because she's like, this is laughable. This isn't you. Yeah. I think she's definitely, I think she's no longer giving him the reactions that he kind of wants from her. That's for sure. What reactions do you think that he wants? I think he just wants her to be all upset and apologize or like struggle to make it better while he says, no, it's still not better. Instead, she's just kind of like, like he's wants more attention from her by doing this stuff and she's like not doing it yeah i think you're right now that you've said that's great insight i don't know enough about the psyche of a fragile man oh my gosh Um, luckily I don't have firsthand experience. No, 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 exactly. Right. Oh gosh. Shout out to Jules's husband, by the way, you're lovely. That was not meant to be a dig at you. I swear. Um, okay. So after this scene, I s- basically, we have a series of people FaceTiming with people. It's yeah, weird. It was, and I, to me, I will say when I wrote, I was taking notes on this episode and I'm like, Okay, there's too many people in this house. Because yeah. why are there so many like fragmented, random conversations with people on iPhone? Yeah. Preston talks to his partner, Donald, and they are very cute. Right. Alex talks to his older brother, Al, and they are perfectly fine. I suppose. Alex describes his older brother as a musical genius. Oh, yes. That's and they're right. planning to perform a song they wrote three years ago. Oh, Guessing they haven't come up with a lot of new stuff. Um, right. I mean, listen, being a genius apparently takes time. 
Um, Jordan talks to her dad um, and explains her frustration and props to her dad for knowing immediate, like knowing his daughter well enough to say, oh, so you cussed everybody out. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I've always been a daddy's girl. Like, no surprise there, Jordan. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. But she also shares that part of what sort of added to their relationship is that her mom passed away when uh, she was 16. Yeah. And it's something that. I, it made me feel a little bit closer to Jordan. Um, I've never lost a mother, but I lost my father. And I remember having that exact experience where I was always so much closer to my dad. But when you lose one parent, you sort of figure out a way to like rally and you realize, okay, I think I have to actually repair this relationship I have with the other parent to make it as positive as possible. And my dad used to say all the time that part of why me and my mom didn't get along is because we were too much alike. And I was like, how dare you? I'm nothing like her. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly like my mom in the best ways. And but I felt like it was just like really sweet to see that dynamic and to see her dad not actually say anything calming, but somehow maybe calm her down a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Um, Jasmine okay they're cooking soul food mm-hmm. and Jasmine talks about the history of soul food yeah <laughs> do this little like rundown of the history of soul food and there's like black and white footage to go with us like <laughs> summer house being so educational right now I love I that and it's funny because I will say that as somebody who has um had many a dinner like there was always one person at like an event like this like when you're having like oh let's have like a fish fry there's always that one person who's like you know the history of the fish fry and I'm like oh god (laughs) okay so this is a real life phenomenon. but this is a real life phenomenon (laughs) where they're like you realize the origins of this right even though it did feel and it seemed very hi my name is and I have a book about black history but that's it's very real and I also think Right. Amir's presence was really helpful, I think, to bring it all together, because oftentimes in these social settings, there's one person, usually just one, who doesn't know the history of it. Yeah. And so, yes, Jasmine recalls the entire history of soul food, of, you know, the history of making something from nothing, um, how soul food really comes from like the origins of like it's I feel like it started with slavery. I can't remember if that's what she actually said, but she probably did. Um, yeah, I think she did. Yeah. Right. As somebody who knows the history, I may or may not have zoned out during this, but yeah. So like in the history of slavery, so like ultimately, you know, slaves were responsible for feeding everybody and the only food that they got was sort of the leftovers. And that's something that continued throughout like the Jim Crow era. And even to a certain extent now with like lower income people getting like the worst cuts of meat. Right. And you have to figure out how to make it taste good. Mm -hmm. And so um, they were saying that you don't need a lot. All you need is like your soul. Like if you love it, right. Put your love into the food, then it'll be delicious. And that's really how the phrase soul food came to be. I don't think that the slaves themselves coined the term, but I mean, who cares? Right. Like who knows? I, but I mean, yeah, I love the story. I love I love that people are, like, always saying the history, even if everybody knows it. I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. I think it might be something that can be, like, empowering. Because there is – I will say not necessarily th- these particular stories, but I think sometimes it's nice to just simply, like, reflect on how much 
you have or like how far you've come as a way of like adding that perspective and context, you know? Yeah. All right, Jasmine, even though it was Uh, a little weird, (laughs) I guess it was, I guess it was a good like PBS moment. Also the food looks so good. It did. Oh, Uh. the, I, um, that, which reminds me they're all in the kitchen sort of getting ready. And then I think it's Nick who asked like, Oh, so what, so like when are like, when are we doing dinner? Like what's happening? And Jasmine says, let's say 730. He's like, that's absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then when they get to the table, he's like 952 or something like yeah. that. It was, I <laughs> wrote this down yeah. at 852. Yeah. <laughs> he's all like, yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. OK, well, we should take a break um, and we'll return with a pride party. So after dinner, the house guests start decorating for a pride party, and it is absolutely beautiful looking. Yeah, Preston wants to celebrate pride with everybody, and it's really cute. And he tells us the history of pride and the Stonewall riots. It's like, we're learning so much in this episode. I will say that Preston's description of the history of pride was, it felt a lot more authentically part of a larger conversation than Jasmine's, but I don't yeah, know. well, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, the boys are charged with performing a dance for everybody, and they have five minutes to choreograph. Right, it. so all the straight boys go into a room and like choreograph their little dance. Right at Preston's request, which I think was complete genius. Yes, right. But what I also loved is that. The boys took it so seriously. Yeah, they're like practicing, like, no, you do this, you do that. And like <laughs> drilling. It was really cute. Right. And then there was like a point in time where they're like, waterfall, waterfall, waterfall. Okay, okay. <laughs> and it's like, all right, this is what we've practiced. This is what we've trained for. We got this. And there's a point when they're about to perform where Amir says, quote, God's got us now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was like, I... I'm loving this energy so much. Totally. Um, yeah, everyone loves their dances. I love that Simon's doing it too. Yeah. What? How is it not silent? <laughs> Let's just keep recording. Maybe oh it'll my be God. Funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's because I have two alarms and I forgot. I have a 7.30 and a 9.30. I'm so sorry. Okay. F word. You're yeah. Please don't fire me, Jules. <laughs> never. I, I could never fire you. Thank you. Oh, F word. Okay. Where were we? Simon and Bria are talking, and he tells her he sees the majority of the guys in the house as his friends. Yeah, it was. It was really sweet. I, I forgot about that like really tender moment because I was probably distracted by Silas and Jasmine. And they're a toxic moment. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So everyone gets back to bed. They've all had a super fun night together. Jasmine is laying her head on the pillow with her eyes closed. But what does Silas want to do? He wants to talk about his pants. Yeah. He says, "Um, so are we going to circle back about what happened earlier? (laughs) Like, 
gee, did you also want to send like a Teams invite through Slack? Like, what the hell? This is your wife, bro. I hate he him truly so much. thinks he's been thinking about his pants all day, so she must be thinking about it too. Right. And she's clearly like exhausted. And yeah. that's the last thing on her mind. She says, your mentality is such a turnoff. He says, my mentality is a turnoff. You effed up my pants because you don't know how to really iron. Right. And then Jasmine's reaction is, okay, you know what? I should open this door because I wish everyone could hear how you talking to me right now. Yeah. She seems to be aware of how crazy this is on some level yes and that's something that I constantly struggle with like is this a person who recognizes him for what he is which is acting crazy right now and he needs to calm down and I'm not going to feed into it or is she someone who deals with this so often that she has learned how to like shut down instead of like guilting herself into reacting in this very specific way like I I honestly can't tell oh my gosh okay this reminds me of something that I learned about on a podcast about dealing with narcissistic people it's called gray rocking and there are some narcissists where they're like working so hard to get a response out of you these are like really toxic abusive narcissists who are just like they'll be yelling or doing anything they can to just get someone to like get upset Mm -hmm. and that like the only way to get them to leave you alone is to do something called gray rocking where you just don't give them a response at all and eventually they're like okay I can't get any of my like supply from this person so I'm gonna like move on to something else you almost have to like play dead oh my gosh so you don't it's not that you laugh in their face. It's that you don't react. It's like all. give you giving them nothing. I was actually hearing about it in the context of Marilyn Manson. Oh. And, you know, he was really abusive with Evan Rachel Wood for a really mm. long time. And she said she got out of the relationship by gray rocking for months until he let let her alone so she could like leave him. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Anyway, I don't think I'd, I'm not seeing the exact same thing here, but I do think when you, you cope with someone who's just kind of berating you all the time, I do think people just kind of learn how to shut down and like, they're like, if I don't say anything, it'll like be over faster. Yeah. And that's why, like, I think that there's like this level of complexity to their relationship that it's, I don't want to say intriguing because I think that that has a more positive connotation than I mean, but it is very interesting because I don't think that Jasmine ever actually backs down. So it's sort of like there's like this internal struggle where she's questioning so much about herself and whether she's a good wife and all of these other things. But in the moment, if Silas is suggesting that she's a bad wife because she doesn't know how to iron, she's like, this is laughably stupid. Yeah. I mean, I like that she gets that it's dumb. The next morning, we see her. She's like sitting on the bed doing something. Her back is kind of to Silas. He comes in from the bathroom and he says, Can I use your toothbrush? I use mine to clean my pants. <laughs> and she gives him nothing. Oh my God. She gosh. doesn't turn and look at him. She doesn't say anything. She gives him nothing. And eventually he does get up and walk away. Great Rocky. She great rocked him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So then, uh, turn or uh, move fast forward to Jason talking to Jasmine about, oh, you guys need to find a happy medium, 
and she's just like over it like she's exhausted yeah i mean he's kind of like trying to he's giving her what sounds like normal advice like hey you have your idea of marriage and he has his and like you got to find a happy medium but i feel like what he's really saying is that like silas has to find a way to compromise he can't have it the way he wants all the time right and like because that's the person who's not compromising here yeah i mean I think you're right. I just, I, I mean, I took an independent poll and everybody hates <laughs> Silas. So it's just, it's like hard for me to even rally giving his storyline any breath, but I guess he's part of the show. So I mean, I find my, I have to talk about him. It's like, there's so much, he's the stuff he's doing is so wild. So um, Jasmine has like made him a breakfast mm-hmm. of like potatoes and eggs and he's sitting at his computer working and he like takes a few bites and sets it down. And then eventually she comes up. She's like, so I guess you're not going to eat that. He's like, you know, I can't do a lot of starch and potatoes have starch. Right. But before that, he says, I can't do like bread and potatoes, you know? Yeah. And she's like, potatoes aren't bread. He's oh, like, yeah. 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 Starch. Right. I can't with the starch. Meanwhile, he was mad about his breakfast sandwich the other day. The breakfast sandwich had starch. Like, what are you talking about, Silas? Yeah. You definitely are eating starch. Like, ugh. Just. It, it infuriates me for anybody to be like, someone has to make all my meals. I can't do it myself. But then especially if they're going to be on like keto or something, it's like, no, you need to figure out your own keto diet. You cannot expect other people to be making that for you. Oh gosh. I just, I mean, the emotional labor that Jasmine is dealing with Ugh. is so toxic. And so Jasmine reflects like you can see the exhaustion in her face and her body like she's clearly s- devoted time to trying to make him happy by making this meal. He couldn't give a shit less. And then she says, you know, I question whether we have that thing that will stand the test of time. Yeah. And that's where we end the episode. Mm. Deep and intense. Yeah. I really can't wait to find out what happens next. Right. And then the next episode is the season finale. Yeah. I feel like we're really going to be grappling with some stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, the time has come to identify our queen, our king, and our joker. So Jules, who is your queen of the episode? My queen has to be Jordan. Mm. I mean, this is where we get her really standing up for herself, calling people out, calling out the way men are treating women, calling out sexism at large. And I love it. Even though she's a little drunk, she's a little messy about it. The words she says are true. Oh, that's valid. I think for me, I felt like Bria was my queen because Bria was part of all of the things without being a part of any of the things, Hmm. right? She had her spy, Simon, you know, (laughs) she physically sat in her bed and just awaited information from her spy. And then she arrives at dinner. She's the only one that seemed to have got the memo that they were having a pride party. She's dressed in all pink. Yes. (laughs) High pony giving big queen energy. And she seems to have an amazing time. Like there was no 
negative situation for Bria this episode, despite the fact that she technically had a temper tantrum and had locked herself in her bedroom. She still got to enjoy all of the food. She got to know about all of the drama and she got to comment on everybody's shenanigans. (laughs) Yes. And laying in bed under the covers throughout the day and then rush running out to peek through the window to see what everyone else is doing and then going back under the covers is total queen behavior right oh I loved it so much okay so who's your king my king is Preston because Mm. he got to do his pride party who cooked soul food He's such a cool person. I love the way he treats all the women in the house. I love that he made the men do a dance. He is my king. Mm-hmm. I love Preston. And I'm actually, I, I totally see that. My king this episode, I think, is I'm going to give it to Amir. Yeah. And I think part of it is that he dealt with some adversity. And I just love a healthy reaction to a situation. Like you could see that he had no intention of making Jordan feel anything negative, but rather than defending himself, he internalized it, called a friend who was like, F them, but still like rallied and was like, listen, we need to have this conversation. You need to know where I'm coming from. And I just want to protect you. I, I felt like he wasn't actually making excuses for his behavior as much as he was trying to pour into Jordan, who was clearly having a tough time with her breakdown. Yeah, um, he handled it really well, and he was able to find things where it's like, okay, I know that made you feel that way, so I'm sorry that I did that, which is how you deal with it when someone says that you did something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, I'm just – I'm so – curious like who could be the joker this episode i just oh once again it could have been alex but it absolutely has to be silas not putting alex and silas on the same level no not even close it's just like if silas wasn't here maybe alex would be in that role but like absolutely not silas is insane in this episode everything he's doing is wild yeah including his terrible dance which we didn't discuss because it didn't (laughs) warrant discussion but the way that he thought that he was so sexy and i'm like no well no one thinks you're sexy except that lady who bought you a drink at the bar (laughs) (laughs) and your wife i think right hopefully let's hope i don't know well i mean i guess in case it wasn't clear, I agree that Silas Thank is you. the Joker, right? Thank Silas you. is definitely the Joker this episode. He we was are on the same page with that one. A hundred percent. But that's an easy one. Like, Silas being a Joker is kind of a gimme. So Yeah. Well, it was so fun watching this episode, talking about this episode. Right? Um, I can't wait to do it again next week. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait either. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens. Starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Tringali-Golden. Double Vision.